The reading tonight is from Hebrews 10, 5 to 10, God's will. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and in sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. And then I said, See, God, I have come to do your will, O God. For in the scroll of the book it is written of me. And when he said the above, You have neither desire nor taken pleasure in the sacrifice of offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, See, I have come to do your will. He abolishes the first in order to establish the second. And it is by God's will that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask your Holy Spirit to lead us into your will, that we may be filled with love and mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. So Advent is that time of year that gets buried under commercial Christmas. And yet Advent and Christmas gives us a special time in the year to look at the life and purpose and meaning of Jesus who was our Lord. So in the next, next three services, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, at... Uh, I will be talking about the conception, the birth, the stable, the wise men, all those things. But tonight's passage leads us into who is Christ and what is his purpose and how do we respond to the birth of Christ. Last Sunday's sermon, which half of you didn't hear, because hope, joy, peace, love was there. But the sermon last week was John's message in the wilderness. Repent, you brood of vipers. I'm not going to stop just there. That's really too cruel. But the people then said to John, what must we do? And John was honest with them. He said, be honest, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you, be kind. If you have two coats and your neighbor has none, share. And if you have food and your neighbor has none, share. Be kind. Work hard. Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations, and be satisfied with your wages. So this text tonight is similar. Only it's not what must we do. It is Jesus saying, what must I do? And he says, I have come to do God's will. That reading, just taken out of Hebrews by itself, 
is really confused, right? Did you follow it when I was reading it? No, I didn't. And it took a while to gather what was the main point. And the main point is doing God's will. The book of Hebrews is fundamentally about Jesus, who he is, what he did, and how he did it. And Jesus, in the book of Hebrews, is the one who is faithful to God. When we look at Jesus' life, his ministry, what he did, we see that he is faithful to God. He was submissive. He was obedient to God's will. He did what God asked him to do. And in response, God would hear his cry and raise him from the dead. So the first thing that we can gather from the text is that God's purpose and pleasure is in faithful obedience. I have come to do your will, O God. So then, what do we say? What is the will of God for me? The best answer is in the, when the lawyer came in Luke 10 to ask him, what must I do to be saved? Just before the Good Samaritan text, and the lawyer gets this answer from Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Do this, and you will live. What is our key purpose as Christians? It is to love. To love no matter what. The desire of our Lord Jesus is his love to the Father, and our love is to our Lord Jesus. So, how do we become obedient to do this love? How do we know what is it that we do in our life as Christians? Obedience comes through the hearing of God's word. Bible reading, devotional reading, talking about faith with each other, these things build up faith. And they build it up, and so we can hear it. We absorb it. We become to live it. For example... Standing up front, and I'm not a singer, but standing up front and singing this Wednesday and Sunday for the last three weeks, do you know what I find myself singing when I'm driving the car making a hospital visit? Those words, that music, sinks into us, and we become faithful. But that text in Hebrews also talks about the sacrifice of Christ. 
It's rather clear that God is no longer concerned about Old Testament sacrifice. It takes, God takes no pleasure in them. And the life of Christ makes them go away. And we know that Christ comes to do the will of the Father. His whole life, as we read it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, his whole life is focused on God. That's a hint to what we are to be about. Jesus is in a body. He's in a human body. And he does the will of God. He puts himself in submission to God. It is his perfection that we are declared perfect. It is through his obedience that we are treated as obedient sons and daughters. It is ours, as we say in the Lutheran Church, through grace, through faith. So if we want to be a child of God, if we want to stand before God, we have to be a holy person. If we want to claim the freedom and the right and the privilege to stand in the presence of the living God, then we must offer a sacrifice that is acceptable. And you're wondering... Didn't you just say the opposite? I did. Just wanted to see if you're awake. We can read the Bible. We can do church attendance. We can do charity. We can do love. But those are not guaranteed ways of perfection. What must I do to be an obedient child of God? Recognize our sin and recognize what Jesus has done for our sin. It's not about us. It is about Christ Jesus. It is Christ Jesus that makes us holy. It is God's mercy in Christ that we stand in obedience and perfection before God. It's not our work, because that's flawed. And it's nothing but filthy rags before God. It is Christ's obedience that makes us holy children. So what's our response to this Christ who is obedient to God the Father? Our response is to live in his mercy and rely upon the words, See, I have come to do your will, O God. It is God's work, and we live in that grace. Amen.